like you said, I'm like getting burnt out and I'm really looking for other avenues out of <laughs> this job because it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. What's up, everyone? This is Niyi Adewale, and I am the host of the Akaba Home Financial Freedom Mastermind Group. This group meets every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and the members of this group are committed to achieving financial freedom while we're still young enough to actually enjoy it. So on this podcast, you're going to get VIP access to the conversations that we have about different forms of investment and ways to get your dollars working harder for you than you worked to first acquire those dollars. So our first guest was my former roommate up in Boston, Jazz. She is making a major career and personal move from Boston down to the Houston area and is also looking to purchase her first home slash investment using a strategy known as a house hack. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Jazz, what's up? Yo, how are you? I'm super good. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just wrapped up some work at the... I think I told you I'm partnering with this flipper and mm-hmm. we're getting a Airbnb up and running. Mm-hmm. And so I actually just finished getting done with putting most of the furniture in place. Okay, cool. Isabel definitely helped out because I didn't have the design mind for it. I've been so focused on just getting the essentials that I, I, my mind was fried. So she helped me put the rest of that together. That's and pictures are coming on Friday. So I'm excited. Awesome. So you said you, you guys are sharing the unit? Yeah. So this is her property. She's a flipper. And and until we started having conversations, all she's really done in the past is flip and sell immediately. And talking to her, I'm just like, hey, you know, that's great, but that's really a W too, right? If you want to start getting some money and and keeping it and have reoccurring income that can get you out of your other day job, you got to start keeping some of these. So long story short, she's going to refinance this one. She's not going to get as much money, but she's going to pull out all the money that she put in. And then we're going to Airbnb it and I'm going to manage it for her. Okay, cool. You're going to get it right back. back. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to do more of that. Mm -hmm. What about you? So we talked a little bit last week, but where are you in the process now? Still looking. Still looking. And like I said, my pressure, I'm trying to stay under... 350 just trying to find a duplex something that i think i'll like and that price range has been a little challenging but i'm just trying to be patient <laughs> for like the right thing to come along you know so you're looking like on zillow and everything like that and like mm-hmm. tagging the ones that you like yeah and then like i said there was one that i did like but it wouldn't work for me because the tenants weren't going to be out quick enough the tenants i think their lease was up in june but in order to like do the FHA, I would have had to have them out within 60 days. Yeah, tenants out in June. Technically, yes, I can tell you that when I when I bought the house in Louisville, right, that was a three unit. And with an FHA, I did an FHA loan. I did yep. the same type of thing, right, where I was going to live in one of the units. Uh, I bought the house and closed on it in December. The tenant wasn't moving out until April. What I did to get around that is I did a cash for keys. I went and mm-hmm. talked to the tenant, the one that had the lease that was the closest, and yeah. I gave them back the security deposit as well as, I think, another month's rent on top of that to move early. That's that's one way to do it. I, I could, I'll ask her about it, what she thinks. 
the the real John Wick look. I'll see what she yeah. said. Realtors, realtors tend to, especially if they're if they if they don't invest, I don't know, I guess frown on things <laughs> that are not directly, you know, on everything white and black on paper. Literally, I was trying to help Isabel get a house here. And we missed out on one because he just would not move forward with this. Like, hey, man, we're, we're good. We can, we can pay this person and, and move in. So did she know find one? Not yet, because it, it was a whole issue, right? Long story short, never go with Bank of America or those big banks. I actually tried to get a pre-approval through Bank of America, but their stipulations are like ridiculous. I went through two other lenders and they gave me such better deals. Literally. So we went through a couple lenders. Bank of America was the only person that said they could do the specific house she wanted to do, which was a little bit higher. Other lend- So I think the numbers were like 300K was approved through three lenders, but there was a house that she loved that was like 330. And Bank right. of America was the only one that said, yeah, we can do that. Everybody else was like, no, 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 we can't do that, but we can do 300. Yeah. We make it all the way to the closing table, I can show you emails that we sent to them. It was crazy. To the closing table, it's under contract, ready to go, and they don't approve it. They keep delaying, delaying, delaying. It took six to eight weeks after the contract expired before they approved it. And by that time, the seller was just tired of waiting. So literally what happened is the seller on a Friday gave it to the deal to somebody else and went under contract with somebody else four hours before Bank of America approved and they send an approval they're like oh just call them back and it's like no man they waited eight weeks they're not they're not they're not going with us and you would think because it's a big bank it would be quick i would think (laughs) like you know they do this all day every day wow they don't they don't they don't really yeah the local banks because they're gonna most likely keep some of that on their books and they want to develop a relationship with you and and that money means a lot to them they'll Mm -hmm. actually work with you and move a lot quicker at yeah. least I found. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up going with a mortgage broker, actually. Nice. He actually gave me a deal where he said he can do 4% down payment assistant. So that'll help me a lot. Like, I, don't, I, I won't have to put out as much cash. So he can give a 4% down payment assistance. What does that look like from an interest rate and all that stuff? So he hasn't run me the interest rate yet. I don't know when that comes in the process. But he was saying that up to like 350, I guess, like the loan for 350, they'll cover the 3.5% down payment. And then they'll also cover a 0.5% of the closing costs. That's the way he put it. Wow. Yeah. And I'm still going to have to go through, get like a PMI and all that stuff. When I ran the numbers on that one particular house, it was like 200, but it's because I have a lot of student loans. Mm -hmm. Um, My debt to income ratio is a little bit. It's it's tight. Yeah, no, <laughs> hey, Boston schools are expensive. We'll put it like yeah. That. yeah, so he didn't really run me an interest rate number, but I thought I don't know. I figured that that would happen further down, like when I like found in house and put down an offer and all that. Did he give you? Did you go down the path of a pre-approval? Yeah, I have. Yeah, he gave me. He pre-approved me. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay, if he gave you a pre-approval, I would just ask him. You could even shoot him a message. Hey, you know. Yeah. You know, thank you for walking me through all this. Could you just send me the details on the percent interest and all that? Because that's important. It's very important. If they're doing a 4% down payment assistant and they'll give you half off a closing cost, they got to make their money somewhere. Right. Right. So it's probably in the interest rate. Credit wise, are you, is your credit pretty good right now? Yeah, I think I have like a 740. Hey, come on now. Yeah. So literally you should be 
if you were putting the regular down, I, I don't know about this, right? I don't know all this or your relationship with them. It may be something they're offering right now to get more people to buy. And that could be awesome. But yeah. I just verify that interest because with the 740, you should be less than 2.8%, which is crazy. But you should be right around that 2.8 or less percent. Yeah. If they if they give you that 4% down and you're going to have 4.5% interest, I don't know that it makes sense, especially on a primary residence that you're going to live in. You should be pretty low. Yeah, I'll def- I'm going to shoot him a message about that. Because that's the thing like where I'm struggling with. It's like, I don't know <laughs> when these pre- these things are supposed to come out. Like, even like when I put down the offer, when does the appraisal happen? Like stuff like that. Like I'm still kind of trying to navigate through. Well, let's walk through it. So the cool thing about this is because you have a realtor and all these professionals working around you, you literally just have to focus on one step at a time and mm-hmm. everybody else will take care of the other stuff. This is a question that you should ask just so you know. If you yeah. need to shop around to more mortgage people, but you're not locked into this mortgage person until you sign the documents, right? So okay. you can, even after you go under contract, you can shop around and keep looking and, and things of that nature. That's one. So if this person comes back and gives you a high interest rate, you can say, hey, I don't know about that and call a couple other people. So in the process, once you submit an offer and it gets accepted, that's when everything takes place. You really want to make sure that the realtor you're working with doesn't pressure you into, and I know it's a tough market, but you're buying in the winter time frame, which is the perfect time to buy, right? Everybody's settled in for school. That's around the time I bought that, that condo in Boston. But after you get under contract, typically it's 14 days. That being said, uh, of due diligence, that being said, it's been shortened a little bit now because of how the market is. So anywhere between 10 and 14 days of due diligence mm-hmm. during that time is when the appraisal uh, gets ordered. So it may not actually come back during that time, but the appraisal will get ordered by the bank once you have it under contract. And you have that time to really get your inspectors in and do walkthroughs in the house to make sure everything's good and that you still want to move forward. After that inspection period is when you can risk your money, right? The the down payment or the earnest money that you put in is at risk after that time period. During that time period, you can still get it back. No questions asked. You can walk away because you don't like the paint color on, on the wall. It doesn't really matter. After that, there's only specific reasons that you can walk away, such mm-hmm. as the appraisal came back low, financing contingencies, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah, so with the appraisal, that's basically saying that the bank is basically saying like, this is what the house is worth and it doesn't match with what they're selling it for. Yeah, sort of. So because the bank's giving you a loan, right? So let's take a step back, right? When I I buy like investment properties, I just bought one down the road. The bank typically makes you put down 20%, right? And the reason they do that is because you're not living there. And so if I'm not living there, I'm not seeing it every day. I may not have as much, you know, pride and ownership of it. Right. And if something happens to them, like, hey, it's not my personal home. It's okay. And so the bank tries to limit their risk by making you put 20% down. So if you default on the payment, they could sell it at a 20% discount and still get their money back. Right. The okay. reason with you buying a personal home and living there that they allow you to put down 5% or three and a half is because if you default on the payment, they're taking your house, right? So it's like, hey, you okay. should be committed to paying that. So yeah. that's one step. In the appraisal, all that's doing is saying that, hey, that house, if you're buying the house for 670 or, or 350, right? 350, and it appraises for 300, 
in their mind, they're like, hey, we need to make sure that we're able to sell this house for 300 minus your down payment. Right. We got to be protected there. So if it appraises for 300, you got two options. One, you can either renegotiate with the seller and say, hey, this is what it appraised for. Can you take it down to here? Or two, you can cover that difference with money, uh, okay. which is not ideal. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they're just trying to protect their back and make sure, hey, on this date, it was said in writing that it's worth this much. And if we needed to sell, we could do that and cover our losses. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then the other thing I'm battling is because I'm having such a hard time finding the duplex that I want for the price. I'm almost like, shoot, should I just get a, a nice single family? Because I can get a very nice single family for that price. A very nice one. If I yeah. do the duplex, it's going to be like, I, I'm struggling to find something that doesn't look beat up. Yeah, because I know so you want to move like into more, more move-in ready and things like yeah. that. So yeah. in my mind, it, this is not going to be your forever home, right? You, you're planning to move there. You're going to buy more investments. This is to gain knowledge and experience. Right. I would, and this is me, right? I would go for the duplex because literally it's going to be one year that you're in there, right? Yeah. One year and then you can move again and do the same thing and, and go to that single family. Uh, I've always opted for whenever I can. Because right now, do you have a roommate right now? Mm-mm. Okay. So you went from having a roommate with me, right? Mm-hmm. To now you're living on your own in an apartment to now you can have a duplex, right? Where you live in one unit. It may not be the best, but you have a duplex to single family. I've always been a fan of trying to, the way I look at it, if you make this first purchase and you go buy a single family, I think it may be hard. I'm not saying you can't to go from there to, okay, I'm going to go buy this triplex now, right? It's almost better to do it the reverse way. Like now that I live in a single family with an in-law suite, I'm probably not going to live in a multifamily again, personally, right? But because I started in the multifamily path, it allowed a lot of units to get built up. I learned a lot more. If you're able to tough it out for one year, I think it'd be worth it. And I'd love to actually, do you have one of the, I'm going to pull up uh, Zillow. I'd love to look at one of the ones that you're looking at. Oh, okay, cool. Do you have an address I, for one? I, I can send you. It's actually under contract, but it says there's still, it's still pending showing. And this is the, and, and am I looking at the right one? Yeah. So she's checking in for me about like when it's supposed to be done and then what's the situation with it pending. Cause it's been pending for a while. I feel like. Beautiful home to be completed. Okay. Yeah. I like this prefab. And it's um it's a it's I really was looking for a three bedroom, but like similar to what you're saying, like I'm trying to taper my expectations. You know, like you said, I don't have to be there forever. It's just to like get no. a little bit of a break. And yeah. literally these two ones are a lot lower maintenance. Like if, if I were to see something like this, I'd be all over it. Cause you Airbnb one of these. Yeah. What? Yeah, you'd be making hand over fist. Literally, you could you could rent each room once you move out for, I don't know, 75 a night, which is low, and, and just be crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could do the long-term rental and not have to worry about anything. You were telling me before, a duplex that's 2-1 would rent for around 900 or 1100 So this is actually a two-bedroom, two-bath, actually. But this one, in this area, yeah, I would say a two-bedroom would probably go for like 1100 That's not bad. Okay. Is there is there one that is not currently under contract? You don't want to look at the beat up ones? Uh, I just don't even see one that I could like see myself in. Because these new constructions are awesome, but it's still one, the dates could push. 
yeah. to, there's always some quirks with these. That being said, you can call the builder to come back, but there's always some quirks with those new constructions that you got to work out. This isn't bad. Remodeled triplex. Each unit is an updated kitchen featuring granite con, and they have it listed wrong on here. Three bed, one bath. So this is definitely okay. Wow, that's weird that they have it like that. Maybe that's they were thinking. Yeah. You said that's a good thing. <laughs> if they got it listed wrong, because this is pulling from the MLS. Yeah. How did you find out about this one? So this is a site that the realtor sends me stuff through. It's called AE Realty. Mm-hmm. So she says she's able to pull from all the websites. So realtor.com, Zillow, MLS, all that. Okay. So this is one like that I don't hate. So, okay. <laughs> Looking at this from the investment side, it's a yeah. triplex. Love the fact that they got vinyl planking on the floors. So the floors that we had right in, in Boston was hardwood. That's mm-hmm. terrible for a rental, right? It's that's that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just not gonna do it. You bring a dog, pet, anything in there, it's going to destroy that hardwood. It's not gonna be good. Yeah, so yeah. luxury vinyl plank, scratch proof, waterproof. This is tenant proof. This is literally what I pay about two grand per unit. No, really, it's gone up. I think I paid like four grand this last unit to get installed over hardwood to protect. This will last and look like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I like the kitchen. Is that for all your units or is that for one unit? That was for one unit. Oh, okay. Four grand. The costs have gone up recently. Yeah. Yeah, they said uh, that because um, even like lumber and stuff, everything is costing more. Oh, man. Jazz, this is, uh, come on now. <laughs> just like, I just think I had a vision for like what I wanted my first spot to look like. And like I said, this isn't bad, but it just doesn't. Also, because like I really like to cook. So, like, how much do you feel like it would co- cost to add an island in this one right there? I would stay away from the island piece on this because it's cool. It, 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 yeah. An island, an island's cool. Yeah. And, and would you want to put water in the island or just an island, just a sitting island? No, just like a sitting island would be fine. I think it would be cheaper if you went on Facebook Market and just bought one of those movable islands. You know, yeah. the one, like the carts. Mm-hmm. And that could work. Because again, you're going to move out of here. Like you're going to be able to, this, I'll put it like this. This property right here will allow you to buy that dream single family home mm-hmm. that has the island already there. Like everything, all the amenities, this one will allow you. One thing on this is you would have to just go see it. Yeah. Or, or I mean, have I'm your realtor. Mm-hmm. I'm literally moving in two weeks. Okay. It's not, it's not long. You could have your realtor, what I used to do, especially from a long distance in Louisville, is I just have my realtor go look at it and record a video, walk through, record a video with comments, commentary, like, hey, da-da-da-da-da, and send it to you, just to verify that this is a triplex. Because they say it's a triplex, says all that, I'm only seeing one bathroom and one, well, two kitchens, see two kitchens. Mm -hmm. They don't always put up all the pictures. Yeah, that's, I noticed that. Okay, area-wise, let's take a look at this. What is the area like? Do you like the area? So for what I've heard, most people that I've met or interacted with, they live in the Northwest. Like they say, that's like north of Houston is really good because you're not going to get a lot of the flooding. And a lot of the main stuff is like on that North, the Northwest corridor. Stuff like within like 10 minutes. That's fine. As long as you're on the path of progress. Yeah. 
right? Which is, I mean, Mattapan wasn't the most desirable spot, but it was like, hey, it's on the path of progress. Yeah, and really, all the a lot of streets in Houston look like this. <laughs> Just like it's like very spread out, very country looking. Like unless you're in like specific parts, but most of them yeah. are. Like I get what you're saying, and I get the apprehension. I see the two car garage. It's like, oh, there may be one above the, the the third unit might be above the garage. It looks like a carriage house almost. Yeah, the thing, the one I'm looking at it says it has cent- like central electric cooling, but I did. Uh, okay, okay. Hopefully it does. There it goes. That, so that's the third unit. So you got the it's okay, a up front, and you got the carriage house above the garage. And it's a three car garage. This is uh, this is pretty cool. Wow. So yeah, with this one, I would definitely be able to hit like, you know, that one, I think that 1%. So if I may, if I could rent out each one for at least 1100, it would hit like you were saying. So the 1100 piece, that's probably more for like a, like a more updated place, right? Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm asking. I'm just here. Oh, so. I would, I mean, cause this is also a three bedroom. So I just want, I would love to get like a unit by unit breakdown. How many beds are in each unit? I like using uh, bigger pockets calculators. This is that that podcast I always listen to. Yeah, I remember their pro membership each year because I just love bigger pockets. One thing about your offers, right? One thing that I always did, and, and I did that in Boston as well as here, is I typically, when I'm writing an offer, ask for 2% toward closing because that's the one thing that people don't think about is closing costs. And it's usually right around that 2%. So closing costs for this would be about six grand. So your realtor may or may not bring it up, but if she says, okay, what do you want to offer? Always throw in that 2% toward closing and see what they say. Is it beneficial to the seller to do that? No, seller is going to have to pay that, but it's beneficial to you for less money out of pocket up front because that's not factored in the down payment. Mm-hmm. For example, on this house, I should have said 3% toward closing because my closing costs were like 18 grand. I was oh, yeah. able to secure 2%, but I still had to come out of pocket for for six grand. I actually, what I did to get the 2%, because it's competitive and this is an awesome house, I actually paid a little more, but that money is going to get paid off through the mortgage, which is like an extra $15 a month for me to have that not be a cost out of my pocket. And I used the extra funds, the 12 grand I was going to use to pay closing costs. I used to put the kitchenette downstairs in the airbnb which okay. gave me the 12 grand back in about three months okay yeah yeah so to keep some more money in your pocket interest rate we don't know yet i'm gonna put it at three percent just to be safe 30 years okay rental income so we'll go 1650 with you living there in the other unit yeah it, it's 2k right now but that's one thing that caught me the first time too those taxes are going to go up it's all based on what you pay for it I usually guesstimate 1%. This thing has an estimate in there. But again, to be safe, I'm just going to call it 3200 And I know Texas Texas is higher property taxes, actually. That's why the properties are so low. Yeah. So if they're paying two grand, let me do let me do 4000 just to be safe annually. Pairs of maintenance, I'm going to put in 5%. Vacancy, 5%. CapEx, 3%. Management fees, you'd be managing it yourself, but I always put this in just in case when you move out, you want to have somebody else do it. And then electric, gas. I love the fact that you have separate meters because you can bill that to them. Right? It's, yeah. it's, you're going to put it in their name. So electric and gas is zero. 
Water is probably still on one meter. You would be paying the water. I usually estimate 75 per unit. So we'll put 150, not including your unit, because that's what you would pay anyway. Yeah, do you typically charge the tenants for the water? It's tough. It just depends on your area and what everybody else does. In Louisville, we pay for the water. But what I've done recently is we started adding a $25 per month fee for a water fee. So mm-hmm. our rent, we advertise as rent, it's like $875, but rent is really $900 because it's $875 and you got to pay a $25 water fee. What I would like to do and what I what I need to venture down is to, there's sub metering companies that can come out and put a, a tap on each meter going into the unit and they can measure it out and you could be able to separate it out and bill it back to the tenants. Oh. I need to do that. Haven't gotten around to it. I've been, there's no excuse. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but starting out, it's it's there's going to be so much other stuff going on. Just getting it situated that I think this will be the last year of concerns. HOA zero, garbage is included in that that water and sewer fee, and this is just a high level analysis, right? High level, looking at your expenses versus the income. Okay, so we'll go sixteen fifty with you living there in the other unit. Yeah, it, it's 2K right now, but that's one thing that caught me the first time too. Those taxes are going to go up. It's all based on what you pay for it. I usually guesstimate 1%. This thing has an estimate in there, but again, to be safe, I'm just going to call it 3,200. And I know Texas, Texas is higher property taxes, actually. That's why the property is so yeah, yeah. So if they're paying two grand, let me do, let me do 4,000 just to be safe annually. Here's a maintenance. I'm going to put in 5%. Vacancy, 5%, CapEx, 3%. Management fees, you'd be managing it yourself, but I always put this in just in case when you move out, you want to have somebody else do it. And then electric, gas. I love the fact that you have separate meters because you can bill that to them. Yeah. Put it in their name. So electric and gas is zero. Water is probably still on one meter. You would be paying the water. I usually estimate 75 per unit. So we'll put 150, not including your unit, because that's what you would pay anyway. Yeah, do you typically charge the tenants for the water? It's tough. It just depends on your area and what everybody else does. In Louisville, we pay for the water. But what I've done recently is we started adding a $25 per month fee for a water fee. So our rent, we advertise as rent, it's like $875. But rent is really 900 because it's 875 and you got to pay a $25 water fee. Um, what I would like to do and what I what I need to venture down is to there's sub metering companies that can come out and put a, a tap on each meter going into the unit and they can measure it out. And you could be able to separate it out and bill it back to the tenants. Okay. I need to do that. Haven't gotten around to it. I've been there's no excuse. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But starting out, it's it's there's going to be so much other stuff going on, just getting it situated that I think this would be the last year of concerns. HOA zero, garbage is included in that that water and sewer fee, and this is just a high level analysis, right? High level, looking at your expenses versus the income, it's a negative six seventy. All that means is that you would be paying six seventy a month compared to whatever you're paying right now to live in that unit. And then as soon as you move out, say you're able to rent your unit for, I don't know, 900. Now your positive cash flow of, you know, 
2.30, right? Yep. Yeah. So the way I look at what you're doing right now and the way I looked at this house and everything else is, hey, how much am I paying today? And am I able to lower that by moving into this home, right? In this, I'm assuming 670 is yeah. less than what you're paying in Boston right now. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay, so whatever you're paying in Boston, that extra money could go towards saving up for the next house, which then could be a single family with in-law suite. It could be a dope duplex that you love. There's there's many ways to think about it. Or, and this is just run the number on, on an older property that, you know, that was pretty cool. Or the same thing could work for that duplex. The same thing could work for that duplex that you have. It's just the numbers may be a little more skewed because, you know, it's, it's going to be newer and and things like that. So that means like for that property though, I would only really be making the 230 a month. When you move out? Yeah. No. So that's conservatively, right? Again, these numbers, the way I run my numbers is conservatively. And then once I get the actual numbers, like when you close, you're going to know what your property taxes are. That's when you can plug it in and then figure out what the water bill is. You can plug that in. So it could be more. Let me put it like this. With the numbers we just ran and, and what you're buying it for and 3.5% down, your mortgage payment would be, this is your mortgage. Let me get your mortgage insurance. Okay. So your mortgage taxes and insurance payment would be 1343 plus 333 plus 115 would be 1791, right? 1791. So you'd actually be 759 in the clear, right? Per month. Yeah. 759 in the clear per month. This is where people get in trouble, though, right? I'm again that extra money. Yeah. Very conservative. So you're gonna yeah. be when it's all said and done, you move out of there, there's gonna be close to eight hundred dollars left over in that account after all those fixed expenses. Now, the thing that people don't think about is hey, what about uh people think about utilities, but what about if there's a maintenance thing? My whole goal with properties is to have that property be able to stand on its own and never worry about it. For example, I don't know if you knew this, but that toilet that was like anything that happened with the property, the cabinets getting painted or the toilet downstairs, that all came out of the one bank account that your rent was going into and me when I was putting my rent check into as well. That bank right. built up to enough to where I was able to use those funds combined with the sale of the home to buy this house. Right, right, right. Every home to be able to stand on its own. So you see right here that we've put in dollar amounts for capital expenditures, for management fees, even though you're managing it, what if you wanted to move the property management one day? So this 165 could be yours right now, right? So you can add that. Um, vacancy, what if it's vacant for a month? You know, this is just going to build up in there over time to allow you to not have to come out of pocket for any of those. So yeah, yeah it'd be 230 free and clear that you could consciously, hey, I could take this and not worry about anything. But the way that I do it is... Don't touch it. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, just don't touch it. I don't touch it until it reaches a certain amount. So for my personal house right now, you know, I got the Airbnb downstairs, which is pulling in money. And then I'm also writing money each month to go to that same account. Once that account hits 20K, that's when I'll feel comfortable taking portions of that and moving it somewhere else. And that's just for this house because it's a bigger house and there's a lot of stuff that can go. For the houses in Louisville, we got 21 units. My goal is to have at least 40 at least two grand per unit in that account 
just in case everything goes wrong. Hey, all the roofs need to get replaced. Okay, you know, let's let's get that done. There's vacancy, whatever. So I want to have 42 grand in there as like the baseline. And then once we hit that number is when I start moving more money that comes into profits, more money that comes into next investment, et cetera. But at least you know with this deal, when you move out, it would be cash flowing. Yeah. Oh, decisions, decisions. (laughs) But literally, literally, don't get hung up on this, all that stuff. It's just one step at a time. And the next step, you're already doing it, is I would find out about that duplex that you really like, you know, it's getting built. But then also this triplex, if you can get your realtor and she should be, he or she should be willing to do this. Hey, can you go check out this property? And by the way, if you could please record a video and walk through and give some commentary and send it to me, it'd be much appreciated. Yeah, I think she would too. She's she's done look at areas before. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I'll definitely keep you updated on the process. Um, what other questions? So Camille's actually looking to buy it too. She I don't know what happened. Like, nice. <laughs> she's on double up, man. Come her, on. Her only issue is so is her credit score. So she's made a bunch of payments. And then I also told her to see if she can get her credit card limit increased to see if she can decrease the utilization a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any other recommendations of what she could do to like get her score up quickly? Because my friend's actually selling an income restricted place in Stoughton for like two thirty five, and like I feel like that would be perfect for her. But she's literally got like a month and a half to get it together. Mm-hmm. So a month and a half—that time frame's kind of tight. I think what you recommend is the best way. Like if yeah. you're able to go to, and she's able to do that like today or tomorrow, or you know this week call up the credit card company and get that limit increased, that would do it. I mean, yeah. that would do it. Cause you I actually did that for mine too. And like, yeah, I feel like that helped a lot too. Absolutely. That piece. And then, yeah, cause the rest of it's really based on just over time, paying, paying, paying. Yeah. Do you also feel like because my student loans are so high, will I have a harder time like getting another property because of that? Or do so, I just, you said, have to prove that I'm getting income so the cool thing about this right you mean after you get this first one mm-hmm. after you get this first one one it's not going to change a whole lot because you're already paying rent right now right so it's it's not going to be crazy so it, your substitute one it's going to go up yes the payment that you're technically due for but they're not factoring in everything else like water bills all that stuff so literally this house if you had to pay the mortgage of i think it was like 1400 we'll call it is that more or less than what you're paying right now? Still less. Oh, yeah. You're going to be fine. So it's not, it's actually going to help your debt to income because when they oh. look at the rent and all that stuff, they're like, okay, you're good. So you should be fine from that aspect. Okay. Now, on the next house, because you may buy that in a year, they're not going to let you claim the rental income at that point. So that may be one that they look at. Uh, that being said, there's ways around that. We could talk about that when you get there. But after two years of owning a rental property or getting rental income, they'll let you count it. Like right now, I don't have to worry about debt to income because there's significant dollars coming from Louisville. I've been in the game for five years now. Mm-hmm. And um, and they count that income when they're looking at new deals. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was always wondering about that because like, but I, cause I, that's, the, that's the next thing I want to do is like really try to start hacking away at my student loans when I feel like I'm situated in everywhere else, you know? Yeah. And I know honestly, some other people, they like pay the student loans off first, but like mine are federal and it's just like, 
they'll get paid when I'm have more money. <laughs> yeah, and, and literally from listening to bigger pockets and all that, we've talked so many times. What you're doing is the best way I can think of. Mm-hmm. When when is your job gonna give you a thousand dollar raise? You know, right. when is your job gonna say, Hey, each month we're gonna give you an extra thousand back in your pocket? Never. Right. Never. I'm, I'm making 2,500 downstairs. When are they going to say, hey, me, we're going to, you've been doing a great job. We're going to give you extra 30 grand this year. Like it's yeah. not going to happen. Right. So, so I think this is a quicker way to get toward paying all that stuff off and yeah. building wealth along the way. Cause these prices are going to keep going up for at least for the foreseeable future with everybody looking to buy houses right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Jazz. I got to run. There's yep. calling my name, but <laughs> No, it was good catching up. And literally, like, I'm pumped to see you get this first property. I know you're going to crush it. And once you get the first one, you'll you'll never go back to to renting. It's like, hey. I And I appreciate your advice. It's it's very helpful. Because, like, my I try to talk to my parents about, like, I don't know, we haven't bought a house in 20 years. So, like, it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good night. Hey, you too, Jazz. Be safe. All right. See ya. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the first ever Acabo Home Financial Freedom Mastermind podcast. That's a mouthful <laughs> with my roommate, Jazz. Truly appreciate the support. And if you could like, comment and subscribe, it'll help us get pushed to a broader audience. And also those comments will allow us to fine tune this podcast over time to fit the needs that you're looking for. Thank you. Have an awesome day. This is Nii Adewale signing off.